0: All right.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. My name is John Mark Tolley and as you might have uh, kind of guessed by the intro, this is going to be a bit of a more serious uh, episode than we normally do. Hence why I didn't do my normal intro. Uh, joining me today uh, is the host of the Delivery Bros Podcast. Please welcome toward the stars, Mr. Anthony Anthem. Anthony, how are you today, sir?
0: Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. Um, uh, how are you doing today? I'm I, doing good. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, so, a little bit of context for today's show. For those of you who might be listening in the future and... Um, so you can kind of get a historical context of where things are at right now in America is, um, we've been going through a lot of crap, uh, the last few, the last few weeks, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about what's going on. Um, just because as star I mean, as star wars fans i think that of all of the different franchises to me star wars has always been as far as the fans go one of the more welcoming and opening open and um what's the word i'm looking for
0: Diverse?
1: Diverse, yeah. Even more so than Star Trek, which Star Trek always puts itself out as being this very diverse show. Um, And I think for the show, it is. You know, for the actors, it is. But when it comes to the fans, I think that Star Wars has it beat because, um I mean, you have every race, creed, color, uh, political viewpoints that are Star Wars fans, whereas with Star Trek, it seems to be a very niche fan base. But... We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, a very controversial, can be kind of a controversial subject. Um, So before we get started that, I want to kind of lay some groundwork and for how this conversation is going to go, go forward, because this is something I think we as Americans need to have is a honest and frank conversation about race relations and racism in America and how we as Americans, how we as in the nerd community, if you want to call it that, can come together and fight it um, and talk about it in an open and honest way and um, without Politics. That's the first rule we have. I we've already ta- I've already talked to Anthony earlier. This is a no politics. because um, we can spend all day pointing the finger at each uh, finger and doing the he said mm-hmm. she said. And honestly, both sides have enough have hold uh, enough oh blame God. on both sides. There's enough on both sides, but um. But yeah, so let's yeah, let's get started with with you and just kind of take me through like what's been going on in your in your life and you know because um, I think we come from completely different uh you know obviously different backgrounds but just different parts of the country and different you know er air you know big city to little to to small town and stuff like that but um i mean how are things in kansas city
0: kansas city is um i'm from a suburb called independence okay i know where that's at yeah ten, yeah 10 minutes outside of kansas city okay.
1: and... and i seem to have lost
0: mm-hmm. what's that Can you hear me
1: yeah i hear you now like, sorry of...
0: yeah Parts I grew up at for a long time was predominantly white. Okay, um, as I got older, it became more diverse. started mm-hmm. seeing more um, Latinx and um, African American communities yeah. start to broaden into independence. Within, yeah, you know, I mean, well, 10 minutes away from Kansas City, but yeah, yeah, that growing up in independence. It's a catch twenty-two. Yeah, have I experienced racism in Independence? A lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, the Midwest always kind of had a history of racism. Goes yeah. all the way back. To, this goes all the way back to slavery.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Especially so, like Missouri being a you know a former slave state. Um, I mean,
0: it was one of the last slave states to actually gave
1: in. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, I yeah. you know, one thing I've noticed here is and I think this is what was so different between what happened with the with um after the after the murder of George Floyd as compared mm-hmm. to say like I remember the Rodney King riots. And I think the thing that made this so much different was not just how big they were, but how widespread they were. Um, I mean, we had riots where I lived in towns like Champaign, which is like eighty—you know—a population of eighty thousand. You know, you know, wow. small, small town. Ta- you know, not no, you know. We even had in where I live, we didn't have a, a riot, but we had a march in my small town of like maybe two thousand people. We had a, mar- uh, a a Black Lives Matter march here. And so just how widespread it is, it's not just, this is not just contained in this, in this big cities. This is spreading out to the small towns, the communities, stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I'll be, I'll, I'll admit when the right, when we started getting rioting in Champaign, which is near where I work, mm-hmm. I, it, it got a little worrying for, for me, you know, it was one of those things like, oh, what's going on here? Um, but I think for me, this is, I even put something on Facebook about this, that this has forced me to open my eyes and look at how do I view people? You know, right. how do I, when I see, you know, an a, a African-American family with, you know, the kids are a little bit too loud, do I internally roll my eyes because they're black or is it because, oh, they're just loud kits, you know, do I initially put that thing on them because of their skin color or, you know, so I have to constantly keep asking myself that question is, is do I react I mean... this way because of skin color or, um,
0: so you're kind of reflecting. Um... I
1: kind of reflect, like, okay, why am I? You know, would I think the same way of a white family as I would of a, of an African American family, um, or an or a Latino family, or an Asian family? Um, you know, how would I react to to that situation if the skin color was different? Would I react differently? And you know, I have to kind of always kind of catch myself but at the same time i have to i think and maybe this is something you can kind of answer answer for me and i don't want to take up the entire conversation but mm-hmm. i think for a lot of white people there are times where we feel like we have to walk on eggshells like do we say the right thing do we offend how do we how do we go about about having a conversation with a, uh, with an African American person and I mean is there is there something like you can just say like you know what just say whatever you want to say regardless or is there like you know what I'm trying to say
0: I mean I see what you're trying to say and I yeah. understand yeah I mean, I, mean and I, I get it because it's because I what to do or
1: yeah, I mean yeah. like even even like what to what to call yourselves. Like I've heard, you know, for years it was always black. You know. Yeah. And then suddenly African American came around and now I'm starting to see person of color. Uh so it's just one of those things that's like what do we call you? What you know, what do we say? Do we just say I was just you know, unless I'm trying to describe the person, like to say what they look like, you know, it's like I usually will just call them by their name. Right. You know, you know, I won't say, my black friend Anthony, or my African-American friend Anthony, I'll just say, oh, this is Anthony.
0: Right. You know. I mean, in that case, I mean, that's that's an appropriate introduction. It's, yeah. Hey, this is my friend Anthony. That is yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like if I were just like, oh, this is my wife friend, Mark. <laughs> you know, like, that's just, like... I mean, of course, I mean, nobody wants to be introduced because they're like, oh, this is my Asian friend, Ken. This is my, you know, like, no one wants to. No, no one wants to be. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, obviously, like, you know, that's just one of those obvious things. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. what you are saying. When it comes to, like, this sense of the time, I've had a lot of my white friends Come up to me via Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. and the best thing you can do in this situation is just, you know, open yourself to learning.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, this is a learning period, and I oh, take yeah. this, and I take this because if if you got friends that really support you. And they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is just use this moment as a teaching moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And one of the and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. One of the best.
0: And, yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll 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 let you finish.
0: Yeah, it's like, and it's it's important to have those teaching moments. Like mm-hmm. for me. Like for instance, here's a good example for you. Okay, so my brother is gay. Okay. Okay. Um, he's been openly gay since his eighth grade year of school. When I was in college for a couple of years, I didn't understand family. You know, everybody made fun. Mm-hmm. All the jokes, yada yada. And instead of, you know, saying okay, so why do I gotta feel like why do I feel why do I gotta feel some type of way about gay people or something? It's mm-hmm. not cool, like they're people, they're living human beings. And so I remember going to this section of school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was true it was like um the LGBT center. Yeah. Little, little small office, or whatever. And I sat down with some of the community that went to the school, and I got a huge teaching moment. Yeah. Like, and it was, I think, it was the most important conversations I had in my life. Yeah. Because I educated and learned. Mm-hmm. Like, and put myself in the um, put them, put myself in their shoes. Yeah, because I heard some of the worst coming out stories. I've heard some of the worst situations being in small towns, and
2: mm-hmm. all
0: types of stuff, parents taking them out, parents owning them. Yeah, and I was like, if I have a family member doesn't feel like they have a safe place or feel like Their enemy number one or whatever. I want to be able to be supportive.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I
0: agree. Yeah. So yeah, I was the first person my brother came out to. Hmm. So what I said and did in that moment could affect our relationship down the line forever. Yeah, my brother is one of my best friends. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. And I think you you said something that's really important is you know spending time with with people that are are different from you, that you know, maybe look different or have a different culture or have a different background to get to know them. Because the only way you're going to get to know people is by by spending time with them and spending time within, you know, their and yeah, you know, for some for some people that's hard. And especially like like I grew up in small town America, small Midwest town, um, up until I was probably eighth grade. And then we moved to Colorado Springs, which was a complete culture shock for me. I went from going living in an basically I think at the time it was completely all white town to My next-door neighbor, our next-door neighbors were black. Uh, The neighbors across from us were Filipino. A couple of houses down from us, we had uh, a Mexican family. And so it was just like this big melting pot of different people that I had never been uh, around like that type of environment before. So it was just really eye-opening, but at the same time, very cool. Um, Right. You know of but you know i don't know it's just so let me ask you a question. you said you grew up in a predominantly white uh area when you were growing or growing up How... did that do you well, think that affected well, you any yeah. did what's that
0: it it had its difficulties yeah because black in the suburbs is a whole different mm-hmm. game. Like, here's the thing: my mom always kept us involved with the black community too. Okay. So, my mom grew up in the hood. So, yeah, she took us to the suburbs because she didn't want us to go through the same thing she did. Yeah, we grew up in 42nd and Prospect and proof, like around that area, and that's one of the toughest neighborhoods, even now. Yeah, she didn't want that life for us. Yeah. We grew up we grew up in a side of independence called the Neck. The Neck used to be predominantly black. It used to be the part of the town where the black people go and don't don't go to the other side of town when the sun is down. hmm Like that it was that type of situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of um even even until just recently we would have where i lived we would have towns that were called sundown sundown towns mm-hmm. and it was kind of the same thing if you were if you were a black person you did not want to be in the town after sundown
0: no. um um it, got a town called yeah same thing yeah it says welcome to buckman missouri if you're black don't let the sun shine down on your ass
1: yeah kind. Yeah, yeah yeah you got kind of the same thing and I think now, like especially where I live, um, the type of like you don't necessarily see like overt racism, like you don't see like people using the N word or, you know, KKK rallies down the street. But what you do see is stuff like uh, a black family will try to buy a house in town and suddenly find that the prices are have skyrocketed out of their price range. Or uh, they suddenly find that oh the HOA the HOA uh, prices have gone up. Sorry, you can't afford to live here. Uh, Things like that. Yeah, you got things like that. You got um, just you know sideways glances. You know things like well those people. Um,
0: You know what the new term instead of like you know openly saying the n word is Mm. studs. Yep. So, yep. Mhm. That's new. That's the new N word. Yep. Those thugs. Oh. Mhm. Or in the media, that's their way of calling people the N word nowadays.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Because they can get away with it. That's mm-hmm. that's always been a thing. Yeah. Like, look at, look at that thug over there with his pants down. or Look at that thug over there with that grape soda.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I know, that was funny. I mean, I ain't going
1: to that. Well, that was fucking funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I will fully admit some of my favorite people in the world to um, my wife, um, she works for a, a company that she gives meals to um old to older people, the people that can't, you know, she sets them up for the meals, people that are, you know, older, can't get out. She sets them up and occasionally she'll actually deliver the meals and then she'll also go and set up like meetings with them. And I've helped her on several, several of these trips of delivering meals. Some of my favorite people to talk to and be around are, older black black people like uh, like like people that are in their 70s and 80s they are the funniest coolest people you will, to me you'll I'll ever want to meet i love talking with older african american african american people they're just the awesomest people in the world to me mm-hmm.
0: cuz they got a lot of wisdom oh yeah and then on top of that they got experiences
1: oh yeah they've that... seen some stuff
0: they seen some shit. They like, seen, like,
1: seen some. They seen some shit, stuff, and man. I think yeah. one thing, and one thing you get a lot, and this is one thing that I just recently have kind of realized myself is you'll hear people that will say stuff like, well, "Why do you keep bringing slavery up? Why do you keep bringing slavery up?" But I think what people don't understand is slavery wasn't that long ago. When you look at it, you're talking about. You know, in some instances, your grandparents' parents, or at least, or maybe your grandparents' grandparents. So that's really not that far away for for people that slavery was still around. So...
0: I had had a grandfather who lived to be 96 years old. Great-grandfather.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean... He was born in
0: 1919. He remembers the wars. Yeah. Yeah. He remembers those times were still some of the darkest times to be a black man in Midwest America.
2: hmm <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, you got to realize, his parents probably came, his parents' parents probably came out of slavery. Yeah. It, it oh, wasn't yeah. Long ago.
1: No, it ha- like, it hasn't. Well, even like, like my dad remembers, because my dad, um, he lived in, when he was like, about twelve or thirteen, his family moved to Dallas, and this was the nineteen forties. So he he remembers. He talks to me. He remembers seeing the separate bathrooms, seeing the separate uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the separate water fountains. You know, and and he always you know he used to tell me when he was there. He's like the Civil War was only been like just over fifty years before. Mm-hmm. So it was it was still fresh fresh in the minds and you know even today it's still fresh in i mean i think it's on all on a lot of sides it's still fresh in a lot of people's minds and
0: oh yeah i mean heck even my mom remembers yeah like and my mom was born in 1965 okay yeah she remembers oh yeah it, it just it just think about that like Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, even now.
2: Yeah.
0: the fact that there's two different water fountains because of the fact they think that we have some type of chemical or something like that that can get white people sick. Yeah. Or, like, for instance, like, going swimming in a pool.
1: Oh, Yeah. It, I, it, it's, it, to me, it's, it's at one time amazing how far we've come, but still amazing how far we still have to go.
0: And it's just like my biggest want us to forget about slavery, but even though we weren't in chains and we weren't working in the fields, that was still, that was still damaging to how we felt as a people it was like we were just not good enough to share anything with other people yeah, yeah. i mean my grandmother remembers growing up in independence there was this um uh, it's a um it's a old school soda fountain ice cream glass. right they would not allow her in there yeah and she never, even even now after segregation and everything, she will never go to that place. Hmm. Like, she never went to that place until, and this is all the way until she died in 2001. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's... It's sad but I, that... You know, we, we, we can look at it and think... Oh, we could never, how can, how can that, how can that happen? But at the same time, we can, we can see how it can, how it can happen. How, when you, when you start seeing yourself as being superior or being better than, you can definitely see how. And when you're taught that from the time you're, you're a child, you know, when it comes to, you know, a white person, then, I mean, you know, how, how do you combat that, that hate? How do you overcome it? How do you.
0: It's, it's psychologically damaging. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. we're now just at a point where black people are accepting their natural hair.
2: Mm hmm.
0: I mean, for a very long time, a lot of us were using relaxers and straightening out our hair, you know, trying to be acceptable for society because we didn't think we were beautiful enough to keep afros or keep cornrows. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of states that are still banning natural hair. Really? Like, like, yeah, like, California just lifted a ban on black people being not being able to get hired because they had maybe dreads or they had traditional African style hair.
2: Yeah. It's... Like
0: there are still there are still states out there, especially in the lower south. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like you could actually type if you go to Google right now, right? All right. And you type in unprofessional hair, you will see uh, you'll see a bunch of black people with different natural hairstyles, and you would be like, "Wait a minute, how is that unprofessional?" Like, for instance, there will be a guy with glasses, well kept, nicely groomed, has his um has his dreads and kind of like a like a ponytail bun. It's like, okay, he looks really professional. He looks like he could be some of these lawyer, you hmm. so, know, things of that nature. Like, it's There's been a lot of psychological things, yeah, in the black experience in America. Mm-hmm. I think. I w- mean,
1: oh. yeah. Oh, sorry. I think for oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Right. Go go ahead.
0: What I'm saying is, it's just, just this is this is just once this is just one thing, to, um, on top of a couple. Not on top of uh, many things on why black people were so angry right now. Mm-hmm. Why we're so frustrated. Yeah. So we were it's told been... we weren't good enough because how we look. We we're told we weren't good enough. Uh, our skin are from our hair, how we speak. I mean, mm-hmm. you've heard of cold switching. Yeah. So I mean, we can go down the list, like of uh, what we've had to do to just adapt in the environments we adapt in. It's like, remember, yeah. you cannot speak this way da, 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 if you want to get a job. Yeah. Like, hello. And then,
1: doing? I mean, do you oh. feel like, like, every the feeling that. When you do get a job, do you ever ask, you know, as a as an African American as a black man, like, okay, did I just get this job because they're trying to fill a quota? You know.
0: Yeah. There have been times I feel like it's been affirmative action. You know, I walk up in the store or something like that. I walk up in the place. I'm realizing there are not that many black people here. Yeah. And so I'm thinking to myself, hmm. I was like, well, they're looking for a Mr. Bojangles and here I am.
2: Mm-hmm. I now,
0: think Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I already know. Like, I've gone to places. Hello. Or something like... I remember I remember a long Time ago, right? Mm -hmm. I was looking for a second job. I was working at Macy's, but they weren't giving me enough hours. Mind you, I was the only black dude that was working in the section I was working in. I was working sunglasses, Sunglass, but I was working in their section. But here's the thing so I go to this cologne shop, and I got a good friend in there in her box. Tell me why her boss said she would never hire a black guy because black, black guy. she hire
2: Hmm.
0: She said it right there in my face. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whew. You know what's funny, though? Hmm. Here's, here's some my... She ended up getting let go, right? Right. I don't know... And then she screwed up on something or whatever And then tell me why I had black guy Like It was a brother He was why I had black So her position
1: <laughs> Wow That's So Oh yeah Wow One thing I think that for me, at least, I think this is like the next step for a lot of people is I think there's a lot of people who will say, you know, what I mean, white people who will say, well, I'm not racist. I'm not. But yet, do you have. And while they might not be like races to the point of, I hate black people. I hate anyone who's not race. I think the white race is the only race there is. But then you have to ask yourself the question, what prejudice do you have? Oh, yeah. What, like, you know, I love my dad. And my dad was the nicest, kindest guy. He would give, you know, he would feed, you no, know, he would give clothes off, off his back to anyone. But he held some very old stereotypes like like he would always say stuff like oh black people know how to use knives That just yeah he's like oh yeah black all black people they know how to use I'm sure they all they all know how to fight they all know how to use knives or he'd automatically assume like he'd see a part of town that was kind of run down and kind of dilapidated automatically assume that was the black area of town so it was, but at the same time, he would be more than willing to give his, this shirt off his back to anybody of any color, no matter who. You know, invite you in. But he had these preconceived notions about certain individual, about about certain people based on their based on their skin color. Didn't that he hated these people, hated the people? It was just that he's like, well, sure, this is this is just how they are. Um so I think that's that's the kind of the next level we have to get past is these sort of preconceived notions and that you know just like not every person who's white is exactly the same not every person who's black is exactly the same not every person who is latino is exactly the same or asian exactly the same you know there's there's cultures within the within different cultures there's different You know, um, even from depending on where you're at, you know, just like someone from a white person from the south is completely different than a white person from the north, a black person from the south is going to be completely different than a black person from the north.
0: That's very true.
1: And, you know, how they how they act, how even a black person from the east coast is going to be completely different than someone from the west west coast, you know, or vice versa so oh yeah there it's completely cultural you know and i think i think we we think that there's this one monotheist monoculture for all black people mm. that all black people have the same culture that there's just it's just the black culture but that's probably not true oh
0: not at all you know especially not a mock family <laughs> I mean, my family is so, let me put it like this. My family is like gumbo, man. <laughs> awesome. Like, literally, there's a little bit of everything in my family. Yeah. Every... Let me put it like this. The men, just my mom's side, mind you, if it had legs and breasts, it was basically a bucket. hmm. I got uncles that are married to Samoan women. I got uncles that are married to plenty of white women. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. This side of the family don't care. My dad's side of the family, you got little sprinkles of this, and then you can also tell. Yeah, our ancestors definitely um, kind of had a little bit of a field day on um, certain flavors. Yeah. And that is, and that is the Anthony Williams experience.
1: Well, um, yeah, this is something I think we could talk about for quite a while, but, um, it's kind of getting close to, uh, getting time to put my daughter to bed. So I think we're going to kind of wrap things up here and yeah, this was very, I I think this was a a good, good show that we, that needed to be done. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a lot of Star Wars talk today, being a Star Wars podcast, but I still think this was important important show to have to kind of show us um,
0: how. I do want to talk about something nerd community wise, though, before we get involved. Okay. And I think this is important. Okay. Cosplaying. Right. Whether you're an anime fan, you're, you're a Star Wars fan, whatever. People are allowed to cosplay whatever they want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter their skin tone, don't matter their gender. If they want a gender bench Luke Skywalker, let them.
1: I seen Skywalker. that I've seen those pictures of the female Luke Skywalker. I'm like, that actually looks kinda cool. I wouldn't have minded that, a female Luke Skywalker. That actually looks kinda cool.
0: I'm tired of all these like dudes dudes, but I see a few females too that do it. It was like, okay, Luke Skywalker wasn't black, or Luke Skywalker wasn't a woman. Like, I see that with the anime community, I see that with Star Wars, Star Trek, we can go down the list. We gotta stop hating on people just wanting to be a part.
1: Now, let me throw something at you a little bit different. What if it was a white person cosplaying as a white version of Lando Calrissian?
0: As long as it ain't blackface, cool. Okay. Yeah, like you can cosplay. Like I've seen a white guy call, uh, cosplay as African, but he didn't use blackface. Right. You can love black characters too. Like we're not saying make a white version. Like, We're making a black version of of freaking uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. So <laughs> as long as you ain't gonna start like putting on like charcoal makeup and shit, we don't care. Oh. Yeah, please. Don't go menstrual show.
1: <laughs> I before I get off, I have to tell you this story. This is one of my favorite stories my wife has told me. She was 3 years old and she wanted to know what it was like to be to be black. So, no, I think she was 4. She's 4. So, she went into her her parents' garage and got a can of black enamel paint and started painting her entire body to oh, find <laughs> and she said she had this long blonde hair that went almost to her butt and so every once in a while she'd like sweep her the, the hair out of her face so she could get it so she got all the paint all in her hair she said her mom was so pissed off at her and she found out it hurts to be black <laughs> I don't what? know why I just <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories of of my wife. But anyway. She
0: was four. Yeah. You <laughs> didn't know any better. Oh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's a good example. But she was four, okay? Yeah. She was four. She gets a pass. <laughs> Don't do that.
1: Anyway, anyway. Um before we get going, Anthony, where can people find you?
0: Okay, let me get him. Um.
1: Sorry, <laughs> I think I broke him.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm just baby, just doing that. That's funny as fuck. Tell you why that had me cracking the fuck up. Okay, um, you can find me on um, the podcast Delivery Bros, which is out on every podcast platform you think of. Um, you can find me at Delivery Bros Pod. On Twitter, Delivery Bros Podcast, and Instagram, feel free to drop a message. Feel free to add me, and feel free to have a conversation. You got some thoughts from tonight, especially. Um, I don't think this is going to be the first or the last time me and Mark collaborate. Because I hope not. I had a good time, and I appreciated him for definitely using this platform. The chat with him, I appreciate this. Part.
1: All right, and as far as. W- the war of the stars is concerned as always you can find us on twitter at war of the stars on facebook the facebook group war of the stars and if you want to get a hold of us the best way to do that is through email and that is at war of the stars one at gmail.com And you can also, if you want to support the show, you can do so through our Patreon account. Just go to patreon.com backslash war of the stars, or you can go to the anchor.fm page. Uh, Just go to anchor.fm backslash war of the stars. And there's a little support button right there on the homepage. Just click that. And every little bit will help us uh, immensely. So. With that being said, uh, remember, next week we'll be back to our normal shows, uh, normal format. And we're going to end it like we always do. Remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be kind to each other and may the Force be with you.